What's up guys? Welcome back to another daily Bible reading snapshot. Today we're looking at numbers 28 and 29, which really fit well together because they're all about offerings. They're all about sacrifices that people are supposed to give at particular times. So first of all, their offerings and gifts they're supposed to give to God uh, daily, every week, every month, every year at the Passover, um, and then at all these different festivals. Now, you might look at this and say, well, I, I, I don't go to these festivals. We don't have a monthly offering. We don't have some kind of weekly or daily offering we're supposed to offer to God. What should I do about this? What should I learn? Well, first of all, we should learn what God required of his people in the Old Testament. That's the first thing, obviously. Um, we want to know how God demands sacrifice and how God demands offerings from us because everything belongs to God. And I think that's another good principle to take from this. We are supposed to offer things to God because God owns us and God owns everything we have. So everything is really his. So everything we give back to God is really us just giving to God what he's already given to us. Now, that might have been a little difficult to follow, but that is a key principle. Everything that we have, God gives to us. You don't have anything that God didn't give to you. So anything you give to God is just something that he has given you already, which means offerings and sacrifices are not a big, um, like a really nice thing for us to do to God. It's required, it's expected. And now you might say, well, in the New Testament era, as we live in churches and we you know, drive cars and we go to school, what does offerings look like? Well, Galatians 6 verse 6 says that we should share good things with those who teach the word to us. So the, the idea there is we need to be giving to our local church. And you might be saying, well, I don't make any money. How can I give if I don't make any money? I bet there is some money and some time that flows through your hands, so to speak. Um, I bet there is money every year that you do end up getting. I want to challenge you. You should give that some, you should give some of that um, to the church. You should give some of that to the place where you are hearing the word. And you should share that with the ministry that's going on. Also, because if you go to the narrow, there's just so many good things that the people in the church are providing for you. It's a good idea to be giving back to the church. Because the, the truth is, if you're in the narrow, um, you get a lot of good things from the church. There's a lot of advantages and benefits of being a part of a, of a body. Especially a body like ours, where there are many people in our church that are so generous um, to give to God's work. We need to be generous too. Even if we're not you know, making a ton of money, we need to be giving of what we get from God. So that's a huge thing for us to take away from this couple of chapters in the book of Numbers. Now in Mark, we want to see at the beginning of this chapter, Mark 9, Jesus concludes what he's saying at, at the end of his conversation with the disciples. And he says, some of you won't taste death. Some of you will not taste death until you see the kingdom in all of its power. Okay. Well, that's interesting. What does it mean to see the kingdom in all of its power? We see right after this, some people, Peter, James, John, they're going to see the kingdom of God in all of his power when Jesus shows all of his glory. So that's what happens right here. Also in the book of Matthew, same uh, juxtaposition of, of ideas. The people, or Jesus says to the disciples, some of you are gonna see my glory, my kingdom as it comes right after the transfiguration happens. So I think there's a connection that, that Matthew and Mark both want us to make there. Um, really, I think it's a connection Jesus wants us to make with this. So what's the transfiguration? It's when Jesus shows up and reveals all of his glory to these three disciples. And they're freaked out and they have fear. And they should because they see Jesus in all of his power. It says they are so bright 
Jesus is so bright. He has Elijah and Moses with him. They're so bright. It's like uh, his clothes are so radiant, intensely white. Nobody could even bleach the clothes that color bright, that color white, so bright. So anyway, um, you get the picture. They see Jesus in all of his power. And the truth is you are going to see Jesus in all of his power too. Maybe not on a mountain like them, but you're going to see it at some point. When you meet Jesus, you're going to see Jesus in all of his power. So the transfiguration, I like to think of it as a preview of what you're going to see. It's a preview because you're going to see Jesus like this as well. So what happens next? Well, um, they come down from the mountain. That was an amazing experience. Now what's next? They go and they meet this kid, this boy, who has an unclean spirit. So he has a demon that's been tormenting this child. Um, and the father wants to trust in Jesus, and he does trust in Jesus a little bit that he can uh, remove this problem from his son's life. But when Jesus uh, confronts him, the man actually comes to Jesus and says, hey, if you can do this, can, if you can do this, have compassion on him. And Jesus turns around and says, if you can, all things are possible to the one who believes in me. Uh, and then this guy says, uh, I believe, but help my unbelief. Now, I think what we're going to see there is exactly what we've been seeing in the last chapter. The disciples had that same problem. They believed a little bit, but they needed to believe with their whole heart. And the healing of that blind man in stages, I think, reflects what happens here with this guy. He believes, he trusts Jesus, but he needs to really trust Jesus. Same thing's true for us. You might trust that Jesus is um, telling the truth when he says he's from God, but you need to really trust in him for salvation. There's a difference between those two. So this guy really does believe and Jesus heals him or heals his son and solves that big issue there. But we need to trust Jesus more and more. We need, really need to increase our faith in Jesus every single day. And that's why we read the book of Mark. That's why we get in here and study who Jesus was and what he said because we need to increase our faith in Jesus as well. So that's something that you need to do and think about as you read the book and as you get into the Bible every day, no matter what book of the Bible you're reading. But Mark is a great book to read if we want to know more about Jesus. So thanks for joining us today. We'll see you back tomorrow for another daily Bible reading snapshot.